resource of encouragement uh, that will help you um, as you face different situations because of pain of the past. Um, how many have ever been hurt by somebody at church? Whether it was from the pulpit or someone in the pews, you've been hurt, whether in this church or any other church. Uh, let me see a show of hands one more time. How many have been hurt? Just keep those hands up. If you've never been hurt by church, that's great. I'm thankful for that. Okay. How many of you have ever been hurt by someone in the world? Let me see your hand. If you've somebody done you wrong somewhere down the road. So it doesn't matter whether we're in the church, people are people. And um, the church is full of hurting people. And we are a hospital for the hurting. Jesus said the well don't need a doctor. It's those who are sick. Um, but life offers very few sanctuaries. That's a buzzword. You know, you hear sanctuary cities going on with all those coming across the border in different areas, but places or communities where people can feel genuinely welcomed. It's tough to find places where you genuinely feel welcomed. Now, I work very hard, I believe Lisa works very hard, and others of you do, to make people feel welcomed at Grace Life. Uh, but they won't feel welcomed on Sunday morning at the front door if you walk past them in the grocery store. Or you go to the another aisle to avoid them. Um, people need to feel vulnerable yet cared for, seen and heard. When we find a safe haven, it's natural then for us to build our life, to give our time, our energy, and our resources to that safe haven because we were welcomed, we were listened to, we were heard, and it was genuine. And for many, the church has become that safe haven through the years, and they've given their time, their energy, their resources, but then something happened. Whether intentionally or unintentionally, they've been hurt in the church. And then... The place of healing now is correlated with a place that they've been hurt in. Isn't it ironic that the place that should be offering healing, people are being hurt? But let me tell you something. If you've been hurt in this church or any other church, the church is still a place in a community to find healing. Come on, somebody. It's, it, we get a hope. We should be getting a hope that anchors our faith because in this place it's all about Jesus. But what happens when we experience hurt in church is we can no longer feel safe in that place uh, and then um, from the parishioner to the pulpit, from the pulpit to the parishioner, uh, those hurts linger, then they fester, um, but you can overcome hurt. Can I get an amen? You can overcome hurt, whether it's been by, done by somebody in the world or if you've been hurt by someone in the church. Recovery will take vulnerability. Is that You've got to allow yourself to process the hurt, the feeling, the emotion, 
You've got to communicate your thoughts. If you don't communicate what you've been through, I'll tell you what David said about holding that and harboring that here in just a second. You need to receive an outside perspective and then you have to make a choice of your free will to forgive. Because if you harbor unforgiveness, you're not doing anything to the one that you have the unforgiveness towards. You are keeping yourself in a prison and you are drinking a poison hoping someone else dies. It doesn't work that way. Father, help us to communicate healing and hope. Help us to exalt you. May you be seen good and worthy. May you, see, may you be seen faithful and true as we present you to your people, to those in the building, to those that will listen later and those who are watching live. Deliverance, healing, and salvation is theirs now. In Jesus' name. And all God's people agreed and said... Job, the 24th chapter, verse 12, Job mentions and he says that the groans of the dying rise from the city and the wounded cry out for help. How many of you have ever cried out for help or have experienced someone crying out for help? A few weeks ago, we had someone here just last Sunday. We had someone, she hit the altar and she was crying out for help. We connected her with Kathy. She's in detox this week, and she'll be headed to Union Mission in just a few days, by God's grace. Bye. Because she had a cry for help. Jesus was presented, and she accepted the call. Now, when people are hurting deeply, they're going to cry out. Um, they, and listen, they'll do almost anything that they need to do to get relief from the pain that they are experiencing. Now, I believe, this is just me, I believe that when people are wounded, whether it was a wound from the past or a recent wound, I believe that we can see and hear their cries of help if we will open up our eyes. I believe people that are getting stoned and wasted are trying to hide pain. I believe those that are drinking heavily, those that are in illicit, unbiblical sexual relationships, it's a cry for help. I believe that all that it is is people reaching out. Will somebody hear my cry? Now, I know the Lord hears my cry. I made a post this week, and when I made that post, I said, I heard Abba saying that he's putting distance between you and your situation. And someone said, well, I wish that he would say that to me. And I, I responded by saying, he just did. The only thing is he used me to do it. And so when people are crying out, the cry that they need, we can say all day long, there's Jesus, here's you, buddy, and walk away from them. But he, we are his hands and his feet, and we should be presenting Jesus to these crying out for help. Um, the list goes on and on for the cries of help. When someone experiences pain due to trauma, loss, offense, a breakup, a business deal, a church hurt, uh, their emotions are affected and sometimes even damaged. See, what happens then in that trauma, in that offense, in that situation, we literally create a memory in our brain. Dr. Caroline Leaf says that off of that protein that was formed in your brain from that memory, 60 to 70,000 branches can grow off of that one little tree in your brain 
because of that memory. So we're not only talking about a spiritual, emotional, we are talking about trauma to the brain. And in neurological science, when they've done these studies, there is no difference between a trauma of offense or hurt than there is from a traumatic brain injury in her studies. So what do we do? How can we find healing? Because if all I'm going to talk about is what church hurt does, but we're not finding or presenting any healing. Um, so I've got to talk about some toxic behaviors, okay? Because there are toxic behaviors going on inside the church uh, verbally. Watch how you talk to each other, whether in a text message or on Facebook. And, uh, we are, touch your neighbor and say, you are the bride of Christ. I am the bride of Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is my wife on the front row, and I will not allow any of you to talk bad about her or abuse her in any way, shape, or form. So why would you think that God would let people, why should we let God abuse his, other people abuse his bride? Verbally, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, uh, there's abusive behavior. It, it presents itself in control issues. Those that are trying to manipulate and control others, it presents itself in fighting and arguing, uh, continuous complaining. If you're around someone that is continuously complaining about the church and their pastor, they've probably been hurt by that church or that pastor. And they've not overcome that. They've not allowed healing to take place. Rejecting feedback. We're open to questions. We'll, we'll give you a response. It might not be the one you're looking for, but I'll give you a response. And here's a big one. No accountability. Now that goes both ways. People want the pastor to be accountable, but they need to be accountable as well. And when there's no accountability, people hurt people, and hurting people hurt people. So any type of hurt causes pain. Church hurt is so painful, though, because it disorients our thoughts and our feelings about what we believe Abba looks like. And then how Christians should be treating other Christians. And if we've been hurt in the church, a lot of time the tendency is to deflect that towards our opinion of God. I'm going to say something now that I will reiterate at the end of the message. We must learn to separate our church hurt from the character of God. There's no correlation there. So what happens here when hurt, this is all hurt, but especially church hurt. When we are hurt, we form belief systems based on those hurts. Then we regard ourselves and others, and sometimes even God, incorrectly, Thus, our identity is distorted and can hinder our ability to relate to and to communicate with our Heavenly Father. You know, God may want to give me a word that encourages me through my brother Darius. But if someone has told me something that Darius did that hurt them, I may not be willing to receive a word from Darius because of what somebody else told me that he did to them. Don't talk about it unless you're involved in it. And the only talking you should be doing is to bring... See, everything about the cross is redemptive. We have a church discipline policy in, at Grace Life in our bylaws. 
but that church discipline policy is not for punishment, it's for restoration. Because everything about the kingdom of God is redemptive. If a church leader fails morally or falls morally, they only fall into the grace of God. That's the only place that they can fall is into the grace of God. And if we're dealing with someone in that nature and they're repentive, then we can. there's redemption that's in restoration that's brought. And that's the way it should be in all of our relationships. We begin to form habit patterns then. And our responses when outside stimuli trigger that memory they become coping mechanisms. So we have church from church hurt from 20 years ago, but we've built habit patterns and we've formed belief systems that when something triggers us in that hurt, then what we do is we just learn to cope with that we haven't dealt with it. I, when I'm counseling people, this is what I begin to deal with. I said a lot of times we're dealing continually with bad fruit I'm not going to deal with your fruit anymore. We've got to deal with the root. Because if we deal with the root, and it may come down to a past trauma, a hurt, a loss, somebody did you wrong. And so when Holy Spirit reveals that, the only reason that he reveals that is not to re-trigger the pain or the memory. It is to heal that wound and uproot that so that there is no more bad fruit that is produced. And I just gave you thousands of dollars worth of counseling free. Then we strive to protect ourselves from the repeated trauma. Does this make sense? Are we tracking together here? Then reactions to triggers often lead us to become stuck in defeat. That victim mentality over and over and over. Constantly staying stuck in that pattern. Then when our hearts and minds become clouded with pain and disappointment, we don't walk in gratitude. I mean, how many of you have ever gone through addiction recovery or are in the process of addiction recovery? Sometimes it's a lifestyle of recovery. What's one of the big things we talk about in recovery? Gratitude. We've got to express gratitude. And as we recover from church hurt or pains in our past, we've got to express gratitude. And all of this to say probably because of this, we've built our truth around circumstances, and they have become reality in our minds. So we don't have the reality of what Christ has really done when we've built our truth around the circumstances of the pain that we've experienced. So, to us, our truth and our reality is, I've been hurt. Can I see a hand of anybody that's been hurt? I'm wounded by someone, some organization, some event, but the danger here is, as you see on the screen, hurting people hurt people. So we must become healed people so that we can heal people. Because Jesus told his disciples when he was standing on the Mount of Olives, you shall lay hands on the sick. And that just doesn't mean physical ailments in the body. Sick is in the emotions, in the mind, and in the spirit. You shall lay hands on the sick. And it was a declare, a declaration, and a proclamation. They shall be healed. But if we're hurting, we lay hands on people, but it's not in the right way. <laughs> but God's truth and his reality is this. Are you ready? Here's his truth and his reality. He's not upset with you. 
because you're in the pain of your... I hate to tell you this, but he's not even upset with the one that hurt you because he wants to bring healing to them as well. Both the victim and the perpetrator. He wants to help you discard the pain, praise God. He wants to establish his truth, not your truth, about you and those hurts in your life. And he's upset with what the, those who have hurt you and what those wounds are now doing to you. Do you know that a physical wound, if you have a wound in your body that lasts more than six weeks and it is not re recovering and not healing, is called a chronic wound. And it needs attention. Because if you don't, then infection's going to set in. And then when infection sets in, I was talking to Wendy just a few minutes ago. Her mom has an infection in her body. She's in the hospital. The antibiotics aren't working. She have, she's having allergic reactions to them. They can't find the right one. Lisa's kind of experiencing the same thing with some hives because of an antibiotic. But God can bring healing to those situations, but we've got to give attention. The doctors are giving Wendy's mother attention to find out what antibiotic is going to work properly. The same thing is true with church hurt and wounds from the past. They need attention. Church hurt is significant enough that those hurting begin to question, doubt, or even reject the purpose and the necessity of a church home in their life. And I've seen it happen time and time again. You, you can believe this or not, but there are people that are butthurt at me right now because of decisions that I made during COVID. It's just a fact. I mean, right or wrong, indifferent, I'm not trying. But because of decisions that were made, people get mad. People get mad at leaders all the time because decisions are made. I'm not saying right or wrong, just saying decisions have to be made made people get hurt. But if we don't know you're hurt, we can't give attention to it. I try to check on them. But I'm telling you folks, listen to me very carefully, the love that I want to share this in and those watching out there and share this with others. Gathering together as a body is essential. Yeah. Listen to me. Jesus said that it was his custom, you want to lose a new English word for that, habit. It was his custom to regularly go to the synagogue. Now, listen, here's, here's abuse and hurt. Okay, I'll give you some my, my own abuse and hurt from that very statement. If you're not in church every time the doors are open, you're backslidden. That's abuse. Because there's circumstances and situations, whether it's a job or sickness or vacation or other things, I, I can't be in church every single time the doors are open. You, you know, So I'm not here to browbeat you over that, but I am telling you that because of church hurt and rejection, some have made church is not a part of their life anymore, gathering together. And I completely understand it because you've been hurt there. And again, it's ironic that the same place you've been hurt is the same place that you can find healing. But I believe it to be true. You do not need to be a victim. You have the power to change your circumstances. 
Unfortunately, we may not always have a position to break the cycles of toxic behaviors of others, but we can remove ourselves from those toxic relationships. So if it is a church that's been toxic and that's not getting removed and you can't control it, find another place where you can find healing. I was talking to Brian before the service and he was telling me about someone that was driving two hours to go to church somewhere because they couldn't find some place to get healed and helped in locally. Hey, listen, at least they're making an effort to get in church somewhere because I believe it's essential and may God heal them. Listen, you're going to respond to hurt in one of two ways. Most respond to hurt in one of two ways. Either run from it, we talked about escapism last week, or you bury it. You try to hide it or deny it. Hurts, listen, write this down if you can remember it. Hurts become hang-ups. Hang-ups become habits. Habits become addictive, addiction. But habits can be broken. God has the power to break those habits that we formed in our life. So my goal, my hope, my desire, my intention is that we might help you dig you help dig you out of the hurt you're hanging on to and find strength to engage in God's plan and to interact with God's family. Okay, that's my whole purpose today. That we will begin to engage in God's plan and that we will interact in God's family. So let's just take a few minutes and give you some practical things, okay? Biblical that we can apply and make practical no matter what kind of hurt you're experiencing. The first thing that we're going to have to do to find healing is to reveal our hurts. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about constantly re reviewing it and rehearsing it and rewinding it and playing it on the big screen of your life again. I'm talking about reveal it. This is what happened. Stop covering up it up. Don't bury it. Don't deny that it's there. Don't ignore it. And don't even cast blame. But at this point, we're just trying to get to the point that we can reveal how we've been hurt and what our emotions and our feelings are because I've been hurt. Now, we're going to have to put all of these together because if you just walk out of here and you start blurting out your hurt, <laughs> oh, Jamie told me to reveal my hurt that such and such did to this to me when I was nine. Uh, we've got to put all of these practical things together for them to work because if I'm just going out blurting what, out what happened to me to reveal my hurts, then I'm going to end up hurting other people or hurting someone else who may have gotten healing over that, what they did to hurt someone. Man, this is real life stuff. I mean, you can turn on the TV or Google it and you can find a preacher that's molested somebody or a deacon that shot somebody or, you know, church hurt, it's real. It happens. It's everywhere. I think a lot of times it's unintentional, but there are times that it's very intentional. I just believe as a pastor, if I'm a shepherd, I've got to bring you to a place where you can realize that you can find healing for those hurts. I want to be an agent that helps, a vehicle to get you to where you can be healed. Because listen, your spirit man, when you believed, you're whole. You're well. See, that's where he dried every tear. There's no more sadness. 
There's no more sickness. There's no more death. That sounds like heaven on earth to me. Yeah, that's my spirit man. That's where I am. When I believed, whole well healed, delivered, set free. But the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, and even the physical body still needs healing. Psalm 32, verse 3, David says, When I kept things to myself, I felt weak deep inside me, and I moaned all day long. Can you, will you just give me a little bit of extra time today? I'm, I'm sorry that we're late, but God's been moving. It's been great. But this is important stuff. We've got to get honest with ourselves and with God to reveal. Now, He already knows, but He wants us to open up and talk to Him about the way that we feel. And maybe even talk to someone else that, we, that has made us feel safe that we can be vulnerable with. Because listen, if you can't be vulnerable in a safe place, no transformation will take place. Get honest with yourself. Get honest with God. Be honest with someone that you trust. Face your hurt and your feelings and confront those emotions. Okay? So first one, we've got to release those hurts. Stop reliving them and rewinding them. Release them. Number two, release that was revealed. Now we release those who have hurt us. Okay, I revealed such and such did this to me. Now as an act of my own free will, I release such and such for what they did to me. We have got to learn to resist the urge to retaliate. That, that's just something that we want to do. We want to retaliate. I mean, I, human nature, and I even said a few minutes ago, that if you said anything or did anything to her, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to retaliate. Now, there's protection. There's things that we need to do. I've got means by which to do that if you come in my home uninvited to. But we can't retaliate. In the this, in this realm of getting help and healing, if someone has hurt me, if my urge is to retaliate against them instead of releasing them, I'm going to continue to deal with the hurt. And then every time I see that individual, I'm going to relive that hurt again because I haven't released them. Romans 12, 17 through 19 says, Never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Do your best to live in peace with everyone. Beloved, don't be obsessed with taking revenge. Don't insist on getting even. Excuse me. So I have a question. Do you want to get well or do you want to get even? I mean, if you want to get well, then you can't get even. Let God and let go of the right to get even. There's only one way to release others, and that's through forgiveness. Now, Old Covenant would say, unless you forgive them, God won't forgive you. Have you ever heard that scripture? Thank God that that's under the blood and that's not the way it is. That's law. Praise God. Now, I have an example the way God said, forgive them for they know not what they do. So I forgive others as he has forgiven me. There's no clause that if I don't forgive, I won't be forgiven. The only thing I have now as an example is he forgave unconditionally 
And now because he's forgiven me, I can forgive others. And it is an act of your own free will. From your soul and your will, you have to choose to forgive others. And listen, even if they don't ask for it. If you're waiting on someone that hurt you 30 years ago, don't expect uh, you know, an, an apology. You need to forgive and release them anyway. Because extending forgiveness doesn't mean that you're okay with what happened. It's just that you're choosing to say, it's over, it's time to move forward, and no one owes me anything. Because if you're holding on to an invoice instead of a receipt, then you think someone still owes you everything. But God, God, God already gave us a receipt that was written in blood and said, you've been forgiven. So let's forgive others. Number three, we must renounce the lies that we've built up as our own truth, but they're just lies in our minds. Lies about who we are, lies about who God is, and then replace them with His truth. See, because your wounds will lie to you about you. Because I have a hurt, I'll begin to lie about myself about I'm a victim. I'm always discouraged and defeated because this, I'm broke because this happened to me and I don't, I can't get it just on and on and on in our minds. And many are walking in the light of their wounds instead of walking in the light of his wounds. Listen, you don't have to carry your wounds because he's been wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The scars are on his back so that you don't have to bear scars in your body. On the pathway of pain, we continue to walk through doorways of delusion that are just leading us to isolation. And people are all isolating themselves again. I know it's an oxymoron that the... You're not a moron. It's just ironic that the same place that you were hurt is the same place that you can find healing. If you don't hear me say anything else today, write this down. God wants to heal you from the hell you're living in. And God wants to use you to heal other people from the hell that they're living in. Right now, I'm not talking about going to hell. While I do believe in a biblical hell, there are a lot of people living in hell right now where they are in utter darkness and there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth and they need to be delivered from that. Some of you are there, but Romans 12, 2 says in the Passion Translation, stop intimidating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Then this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. See, you are living well in the kingdom right now. These are my wife's words. Why? Because you have the Spirit living on the inside of you. Good news, Jesus was wounded so you don't have to be. And lastly, well, let me say this before I move to number four. You don't need a deep word. People are looking for, oh, angels and lightning bolts and thus saith the Lord in King James language and a deep word. You don't need a deep word. You just need the word to go deep. And the word is Jesus. Let him go deep into those crevices and those deep places of your heart and begin to heal. If you guys will come to the music. Lastly, number four, we need to reconnect to God's family. 
Reveal your hurt. Release those who have hurt you. Renounce the old lies and replace them with God's truth and reconnect with God's family so that you can reach out to help others. Because 2 Corinthians 1.4 says he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can then comfort those who are in trouble. When they are in trouble, we're able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. I said at the beginning, healed, hurt people hurt people, but healed people heal people. And one of the ways that we have to do that is to separate our church hurt from God's character. Every one of you in this building and watching us by the, the internet right now are God's children. And Paul said it in Acts when he stood up on Mars Hill and he said, we are all God's offspring. That's what he said. Some of you know it and you're walking in it. Some of us haven't realized that or even believed it yet. And when we don't believe that, then we don't act as sons. And when we aren't acting as sons and daughters, and I'm not preaching behavior modification, I'm, pre I'm preaching transformation of the way that you think through the Holy Spirit, but you've got to believe that you are His children before you will act like you are His children. See, because right believing always leads to right living. But we've gotten the cart before the horse and we've tried to tell people how to live right, but they don't believe right, so they change one behavior, but they don't believe right about themselves because they're still hanging on to a hurt. That hang-up has become a habit, and so they go right back to crying out for help by a bottle or another relationship or a pill or all types of things. I mean, here's one that we don't want to talk about. Some people, they'll get online and they'll spend too much money that they don't have on credit cards. Well, because they feel better. I see somebody looking at somebody else on that. But they feel better by shopping and spending that money that they really didn't have because they're hung up on something else from a hurt. Listen, people do dumb stuff. But God's not dumb. You know, Pastor Kevin Wallace says that God's not the deacon that molested you God's not the bishop that beat you or bullied you God wasn't in that pew setter that manipulated you or tried to control you because God's good all the time and his plan is never to harm you but always to give you help hope and a future let's stand together and I want us to pray a few prayers in our hearts and minds today First of all, right now, would you just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the hurt that you need to reveal? Okay, just ask Him. You know, maybe you've repressed it so long, you've pushed it down so far. There's hurt there. There's triggers that bring the emotion of that pain up. But maybe it's so far that you don't know what it is and you want to get rid of it today. And it's the whole, What He reveals, He removes. Would you pray that prayer? Now, I want you to pray this prayer out loud. Father, as an act of my own free will, I forgive. Now, say their name in your heart, your mind, or out loud, however you want to. And then say what you forgive them for. And I release them today.
Say that out loud. I release them today for hurting me in Jesus' name. Pray this one. Father, as an act of my own free will, I lose my right to get even. I want to get well. And I can't get well when I have the urge to retaliate. So I relinquish my right to get even. And I want to get well through your power and help. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray this one, Father, as an act of my own free will, I choose today, right now, in this moment, to receive healing in my mind, my heart, in my emotions, in Jesus' name. You did the work. You paid the price. I receive the benefit. I declare I am whole. I am healed. I am well in my mind, in my emotions, and in my body. Now, Father, because I'm healed, I will heal others. In Jesus' name, for the glory of God. Amen. And amen. Put your hands together and thank God. <laughs> Maybe there's another prayer you want to pray. Just let the Holy Spirit reveal that to you. Through the week, begin to pray and ask Holy Spirit to help you reveal these hurts. Now, you want to talk to someone that you trust, someone that will keep it confidential, someone that has been trained someone that can help you. I, I just sent um, a couple to Kelly Mason Day Spring Counseling this weekend uh, that they needed some help from some situations. Um, listen, we get stories all the time there. You, you don't understand, what, maybe you do, the magnitude of people that are needing help. We know folks right now who their children have been molested. We're dealing with people right now that are about to lose everything. They're on the verge of losing everything because of the lifestyle that they're choosing right now. We've got others that have made decisions that they're going to go ahead and release it all so that they can get the help that they need. So we're all across the gamut. There are people in all places in this journey called life so we need to be asking Holy Spirit to show us when we come in contact with people, whether it's a physical healing that needs to take place in someone's body right now. Uh, stretch your hands towards Butch back here. He is in pain. It's causing pain down his leg, his sciatic. He needs a touch. He needs a miracle today for this pain. The pain is driving him you know, even in his emotions now, it's affecting him because of the pain. If you've been there and God's healed you from that type of pain, would you begin to declare healing and life over Butch right now? Come on. Some of you go back there and just lay hands gently on him. If you've received healing from the Master and deliverance from pain, would you go back there and release and part into him healing anointing today that God has delivered you and set you free? Because that's what he needs. He needs encouragement 
and healing in that today in his physical body for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit was just speaking and saying that there's someone that you're trying to resolve a conflict. I don't know if it's a conflict in business, a conflict in the family, finances. There's some type of conflict you've been trying to resolve it. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but the Holy Spirit is, uh, He is the master conflict resolver in Jesus' name. <laughs> He's the master conflict resolver. Now, this is the way I was taught, but my wife has taught me better. I was always taught to take the low road. To humble yourself, take the low road. But that's actually taking the high road. It's not You're not exalting yourself or puffing yourself. The high road is to take the way that God would want us to take, the way that Christ would be leading us. So take the high road, just be the better person. Not that you're putting anyone down, but just humble yourself before them and let the Lord speak through you to resolve that conflict. Amen? You want something? You got something? Come and share it if you want. It's on your heart. Or save it. I'll let Lisa close us out this morning. kind of goes with everything, but I'm struggling. Should I wait? Just wait till next week. But, you know, if you don't say it when you need to say it, then somebody might not be here that needs to hear it. So today is the day, right? But when you're talking about roots, and roots are what makes you stable. Roots are what brings you nourishment. Roots are where water comes into the tree. And roots are where you are grounded. <clears throat> and when we do... Psalm 1 in Ephesians 3, you know, I've been talking about this, but when we delight ourselves in the Lord, when we seek out that divine connection, that seed that was Christ, who was planted in the ground and brought forth, brought, <clears throat> brought forth many fruit, and he's bringing many sons to glory, and he makes, and he is the captain of our salvation made perfect. So if he is the captain of our salvation, if we're rooted deeply and grounded in him, if he was the seed that went into the ground that brings forth many fruit and many sons to glory, he's our root system, right? And he's the one that we're getting nourished from, and he is the one that will bring divine healing. We delight ourselves in the Lord. We, he brings divine healing, divine care, divine protection, divine safety, divine provision, divine he is our divine security divine peace that only he can give divine healing like the woman with the issue of blood she just wanted to you're talk, I'm talking about connections and coming and when you don't come no one can connect with you if it weren't for Kathy being here we couldn't have really connected at that moment because if the person in need doesn't have someone at that moment they're going to change their mind and so that's how it's important to gather but that the woman with the issue of blood just pressed through and she knew she couldn't touch anybody because of her issue that she would make them unclean but God doesn't care about that he wants you to come and make a divine connection and uh, you know she knew that she would be healed she would receive that healing 
And we actually now don't have a high priest that can't be touched like back then. We have a high priest who can be touched. So reach out and make that connection. When you can come, you can come here and your root systems are going to get watered and you're going to find divine healing and provision and a divine connection in someone who's here in the building when you leave maybe. And I just want to read the scripture as closing um, prayer. It's in Ephesians. It's because, you know, the root being rooted and grounded. And I just want to let you know that for this reason, I, this is Paul, you know, talking about the mystery and all the wisdom and everything in him. And he says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom all the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend all with the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now that's a lot, but go and study it. Get that scripture, Ephesians 3, 14 through the end and just meditate on that. Be strengthened. I want you all to be, myself, to be strengthened in our inner man, in our soul that we may know the love of Christ who dwells in our hearts richly. He is our root system. He's our nourishment. And then now to him who is able, right? Because we're not able. If we were able, we'd do it, but we're not able in ourselves. But to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. You know, you got to know that power that's working in you. You got to tap into that power that's working in you. And if you keep talking yourself, out of your miracle, you know, Jairus did that with the woman with the issue of blood. He was trying to talk, he got, well, he wasn't trying to talk about, he was trying to talk him into coming, but what his confession, what he was declaring was, my daughter is dead. And God said, no, she's not dead. She's just asleep. So don't talk to God, what you're going through, your circumstances. Don't talk him out of any miracles. You can't do it anyway. Don't talk him out of promises because of whatever situation. Just get back into these deep roots of the seed that was Christ and know who you are in him and know the love and let his well, you're going to be living well. That was the thing this morning. Um, but I'm going longer, but I just wanted to encourage you to be strengthened and to come be that divine connection in someone's life. You know, let Christ be seen and shine, shining big in you in Jesus name. So I just wanted to encourage you with that, to connect, to come and connect. Divine connections. That's her hair salon. That's the name of her hair salon is Divine Connections. Every heart clear? No, we went a little long this morning. Thank you for your patience and hanging in there with us. We don't normally do that, but as the Lord leads, amen. Thank you, Edna, for encouraging us and sharing your testimony. Thank you, Kathy, for sharing with us the miracle of lives being saved in India. May you uh, just continue to walk in the favor of the Lord this week and be healed of your hurts. We love you. God bless you. Wednesday night breakfast at 6 o'clock. Hope you'll come out and share with us and meet with us. See you then.